0: Welcome back to another episode of Let's Face the Facts. I'm David Almeida. I'm an actor in Orlando, Florida, and every week I sit down with an actor or artist friend, we watch an episode of the classic sitcom The Facts of Life, and then I hit record and we talk about the show and anything and everything else it might inspire us to discuss. Uh, this week, I'm still a little sick. You can hear it. I'm I'm sick. I'm vocal distressed. I am uh, overtired I am anxious because we have contract talks coming up at work. I've had a lot of people visiting from out of town, meaning a lot of gabbing. It's just been this weird post-holiday perfect storm of a lot of things going on. But uh, thankfully, it's starting to lighten up now. I, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, but at least I can perceive that I'm in a tunnel. Anyway, grumbly voice aside, my guest this week is Dr. Steve Summers. He's back. If you recall, Dr. Steve is an actor, a musician, a doctor of chemistry, an educator, and the Associate Vice President of Arts and Sciences at Seminole State College. So I would dare say he may qualify as my fanciest guest. Anyway, we watched Season 4, Episode 14, Under Pressure. And the original air date was January 19th, 1983. That's all. No other introductions. Let's jump on in. Let's face the facts with Dr. Steve Summers. Hi, Dr. Steve. Well, hello, David. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I am so glad you wrote to me saying that you were ready to come back on the show. I was thinking you were a season one person. Uh, who therefore was entitled to a later show. Well,
1: you did not inflict any season one episodes on me. I am pleased you, to say. <laughs> I came on uh, right at the beginning of season two. Which I looked back, that was almost a year ago.
0: That's crazy. It's, it its is mid-February right now. That was like March. It was like the first week of March yep. of last year. That is mind-boggling yep. Yep. that a year has gone by. Yep. But... um Yeah, and you wrote to me, and I'm glad you did, saying, hey, if you can get me in before the end of season four, I want to see my my Eastland shows. I know. Because unlike some people who shall remain nameless, (laughs) Matthew Arter and Paul Padilla, (sighs) who seem to be under the false impression that the best seasons of this show were the Edna's Edible seasons. Oh, my. You and I being the same age. Yes. Our sweet spot is a little bit. Earlier than theirs, because they, well, let's face it, they're younger. They're foolish in their youth. Well, wow. so to me. to you and me, yes. I, I agree with you. When you said, I want to get another Eastland show, and I was like, yes. fuck, yes, you do. Yes. I would too. <laughs> yeah. To me, it's Facts of Life is Eastland. I, agreed. Yes. And I don't know if I've told you the statistics, but you realize Eastland was seasons two, three, and four. Over our heads was seasons seven, eight, and nine. Oh, my gosh. There are as many over-our-heads episodes yeah. as there are Eastland episodes. Oh, my gosh. Well,
1: that and is, that's probably also because the first season was at Eastland, not in the cafeteria. Not in the cafeteria, no. And it was
0: few, very few episodes. Right. But if you look at it this way, season one was 13 episodes, season two was 16. Right. All the others were 23 and 24. Right. But I think if you still do the math, um, I think there are... A handful more Eastland episodes, but I should have been more specific. There are more, there are as many over our heads episodes as there are cafeteria episodes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, actually, there's more because right. those are three full seasons versus two and uh, two and two thirds. Right. So yeah, that's just, that's very upsetting. And we're to all me. trying to forget the first season anyway. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I've watched the last three seasons. More recently than you'd think, because I didn't watch them when they first ran. Uh-huh. I was, I was, we were in college by then, and yeah. that wasn't really our jam. Yeah. But re-watching 7, 8, and 9, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> they're going to be, those are going to be fun to go through. Wait till we get there. But you and I have just watched season four, episode 14, called Under Pressure, which originally broadcast on January 12th of 1983. Good Lord. Wow. Yeah, this episode... Our freshman year of high school. ...is 37 years old. That's right. This is the middle of our freshman year. Middle of our freshman year. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and by the way, this is episode 69 of the podcast. Fantastic. Giggity. So, uh... Just wanted to throw that out there. There we go. For those keeping count. <laughs> um, the show was directed by Assad Kalada, as were all episodes of season four.
1: Was there anything else he did? Like, what was Assad? Oh, oh, yeah. He went on claims. to, like, to
0: Who's the Boss? and oh. Yeah. No, no. He had a whole full okay. roster. And uh, the episode was written by Sandra K. Siegel, who would go on to write zero more episodes for The Facts of Life. Hmm. And uh, she doesn't have a, a lot. She only has... A few things that she's written. She wrote a love boat. She wrote a fantasy island for eight is enough episodes. Hmm. And she was a story editor on the Brady Brides, the seven episode yes. attempt to create the series Absolutely. after Marsha and Jan mm-hmm. got married. And uh, Yeah. So she's not, she doesn't have a lot going on. Not but, much after the 80s. But that would have all been before this, I would think. Now, of course, our title, Under Pressure, is uh, named for the Queen David Bowie song of the same name, which had just been released in 82 the year before. Oh, okay. So it was a huge hit that was on everyone's mind. So it's about Mrs. Garrett's blood pressure. So we're going to call this Under Pressure. But I'm getting ahead of ourselves, particularly ahead of you, because right now, Dr. Steve, it is your job to give me the two sentence Mm -hmm. synopsis to tell people what did you and I just watch.
1: The girls go to desperate lengths to help Mrs. Garrett
0: stay stress-free. Beautiful, beautiful. And things take on a farcical quality this is a very farcical this is a silly episode this yeah is a goofy yeah goofy it's i mean it's funny it's got the laughs yeah the the lesson comes very late and it's it, the lesson is basically don't lie <laughs> and um, i the basics here yeah um. it was uh, a little broad mrs garrett very broad very broad a Agreed. very broad charlotte ray episode yes didn't, I don't recall there was an Emmy nomination for this one. Let's just put no. it that way. She had a lot to do and I mean, this was about her, though. Uh, true. Yeah. Very true. It was good so to see good her. it's good to see one, yeah. So actively involved. You're right, because I've uh, often bemoaned the fact that she's being cast to the sidelines. But mm-hmm. this one is kind of one of those, okay, she's in the middle now. Is that a good thing?
1: <laughs> uh, so she was start- playing
0: to the back of the room. Yes. Uh, yeah. So let's get to this. Are we ready to jump on in? Let's jump in. Okay. We start off in the kitchen. There's activity. The girls are working in the cleaning. And you know how oftentimes you get like a joke before you get to the meat of the episode? Mm -hmm. No. We're getting right to it. They're working. Door opens. First lines. Hi, girls. Just got back from my physical. And the doctor says I'm fine. Yay. (laughs) It is like we, we just have to get this moving. Yeah. And, and that is what Mrs. Garrett says. She had a physical and the doc said she's fine. The only thing is I have to watch my blood pressure. It was a little elevated. And they're like, what, what's going on? And she says, no, it's a family inheritance thing. It's okay, I have medication and I'm gonna avoid excessive aggravation. Now, interesting, her blood pressure is a little elevated and they've got her on meds already. Mm. Do you have, is your blood pressure okay? Have you ever had any issues? Um, A little elevated, occasionally Same here Mm -hmm. And I think I have what is called white coat syndrome True Where when I sit in the doctor's office And they take my blood pressure It stresses me out Every time it comes back high Every visit to the doctor Mm -hmm. They're like, you need to watch that You need to watch that It may be Mm -hmm. time, if this keeps up We have to maybe consider putting you on meds I blame
1: those machines they use they're, they're stressed. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's horrible. So I did get yeah. one of those because I'm, I'm a gentleman of a certain age now. Yeah. I did get one of those wrist monitors. Mm-hmm. And you saw me at the top I... of this episode. Put it on. Every time I take my blood pressure sitting at home, my blood pressure's fine. I think yeah. it, was, it was 123 over 78 as we started this perfect but when i go to the when i go to the doctors it's like it's like 150 yeah. over 95 and they're right. like ah. Ah. and i'm like no it's okay it's fine i'm fine jesus yeah.
1: yeah and they'll be desperate to put you on something
0: oh you fucking know it and yeah. i'm and and honestly you have to resist yeah that's it, true i would be more like okay we're gonna be getting in the elliptical more we're gonna be biking longer yeah. we're gonna be yeah doing but more. lifestyle it yeah lifestyle it. Yeah. lifestyle it mm-hmm. exactly absolutely So that's just interesting that they are—it's like uh, with a family—I guess with a family history of high blood pressure, we could maybe justify that they would put her on meds if her blood pressure was a little elevated. And maybe she's just trying to be—make light of it to the girls. That's the other thing, too. And she says she needs to avoid excessive aggravation, meaning things like Mr. Parker.
1: He keeps asking
0: her year
1: after year to Mm -hmm. help— him with his wife's party.
0: Yeah. And and she bemoans that every year he gives just a few days notice. And there's a little part of me wants to be like, well, if you know it's coming and he only gives you a few days notice he does it every year. This is only the third year they've been working together. Right. Three in a row. Three whole years. So yes. it's only happened the last two. Right. But her thing is, my thing is like, You do know you can pick up the phone and say, hey, I know it's January and your wife's birthday's coming up. Are you going to need my services? Because I will take the appropriate time to prepare. Perhaps she's just hoping he will leave her alone this time, but it Uh, never seems to work out that way. Yeah. If she explicitly said, I haven't dared to bring it up because I'm hoping he might forget
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or something like that. That would have been nice. Right. But as far as this goes, it's like. Honey, you're creating your own. It's like you, you want to live with less aggravation. You have the power to get out way in front of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just saying. Just saying. Not blaming the victim, but it's her fucking fault. <laughs> so then um, the girls are even like, is that part of your job? Why do that? And she's like, when does that matter? <laughs> and she goes upstairs. And then we get a public service message from Natalie Green. Yes, we do. Daughter of Dr. Green. Yes, where she says, wow, this could be bad. We have to treat her with kid gloves because so many of my dad's patients have hypertension. And the thing is, it has no symptoms, but it can cause stroke, heart disease, kidney failure. No wonder they call it the silent killer. That's a lot. That's that's an awful lot lot. for a
1: a 16-year-old to just off the top of her head. Whose father happens to be a doctor. Yeah. And she's kind of got all this. Yeah, I mean... And we, we have we forgotten that Mrs. Garrett is a nurse?
0: Uh, exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, well, to answer your question, yes, yes we have. Yeah. Everybody's we for, forgotten.
1: We, we forgot it in this episode, and we
0: forgot it when she had a boyfriend. Yeah.
1: Who tripped and fell, or did, and whatever happened to her. care him. for him.
0: Right. Or didn't know how to dial an ambulance and say, uh, drag his carcass out of here, this and, old fucking right. bastard. <laughs> and Natalie had to be the one to talk about
1: what to do with him. I'm like,
0: what You're are right. you doing? I, I do, but you didn't mention that on the show when she was like, put the two pillows under your knees like, to relieve stress on the lower back. Yes. That's right.
1: Is and Garrett you know is a nurse. She's a
0: registered nurse. Are you I kidding forgot. me? The show is getting to me, Steve. Oh, I swear. Yep. Anyhow, after the Natalie commercial, they're like, well, well, what can we do about it? And it's like, and the determination on the part of all four of them is we can help and not do anything to upset her. Long pause. Long pause. Really awkward. Awkward, long. Please, somebody call cut. There's another one. Finally! We get up to Mrs. Garrett sitting in her room. And what is she doing? You tell me.
1: Okay, so she's paying her bills. They walk in, so they're going to help her out. Do something.
0: Did you see what was on the tray? It was like, I guess it was a cup of tea and a muffin. On a tray, it's like you have two hands, <laughs> <laughs> Tootie, and three friends by the by, right? And uh, they did have lots of other things they were carrying for. Her, so. uh, but, I mean, but yeah, Joe had the. the we'll, we'll, we'll learn that. We'll in get it. Yeah. Yes. And they're just like, it's funny because they're like, "Hey, we're just bringing this," and Mrs. Garrett is dubious of like what is going. Okay, yeah. what's up? What the fuck is this? What do you she, want? You never do things for me. Yeah, and they're just like, no, it's we just wanted to give you a stress-free day, and <laughs> Mrs. Garrett says it's there's no reason to coddle me over this. I am fine, and and they say, okay, we believe you, and they roll the credits. End of episode. Oh no 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 <laughs> no no no! I'm kidding. <laughs> Instead, they say, no, 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 we want you to be in a happy place. Joe has a poster of Hawaii. Uh, We want you to listen to uh, music from the islands. And Natalie produces a cassette Walkman with the headphones. It
1: made my heart smile. (laughs) And the cassette
0: was? The best of Don Don Ho. Ho. Don Ho. I used to dance under that name. But um, (laughs) so... This is their attempt. And Mrs. Garrett's like, oh, girls, really, thank you. But I'm busy. I'm trying to pay my bills. This is, the, this is what I need to get stress out of my life is I need to get my bills paid and finished. And they're like, oh, come on. Take a break. Enjoy. And Natalie puts the headphones on Mrs. Garrett. And my first thought was, whoa, the hair. Be careful, of the hair. Mrs. Garrett finally is like, okay, fine. And they do make a joke of with her with the, with the Walkman ears on. She's like, Jeez. it's a good idea. Yeah. Thanks, gang. Was, and they're like, <laughs> get
1: the geez. fuck out of here. <laughs> Bobbing and listening and enjoying.
0: Yeah, and bopping along to whatever music. Whatever Don has saying, yeah. Sang, yeah. Uh, and then the girls go into the hallway. And they have a moment of, aren't we the most awesome human beings on the face of the planet? For how well we have just Mm -hmm. treated Mrs. Garrett. We deserve a fucking medal.
1: When they had earlier said, we're a joy to be
0: with. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Absolutely. So, no sooner do they finish patting each other on the back, (laughs) we hear from the other room, very uncharacteristic. From Mrs. Garrett, we hear, oh, shoot! Shoot! Oh! oh!" (laughs) And she's... I mean, you say "shoot" when you don't want to say "shit" right. in front of younger ears. You know what I mean? Right, right. No one, no one says "shoot" without the intent being a "shit." And yet, that is so not Mrs. Garrett. She's not a potty mouth. No. That was so. I mean, what a weird, weird thing for her to do. And then "shoot" is
1: a go-to of my mother, by the way. Is, is she really? Shoot? She's a shoot person. Oh, your mother's a shoot. Oh shoot!
0: Oh okay. <laughs> And your mother's a very religious. Oh, she
1: does not curse at all. No, no. so she never. It never means to be shit. Oh, okay. It all is, right then. Well then, I she she's a shoot person. So well that didn't that didn't even re- register with me as kind of. Oh, weird. Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just we've never heard her. Um, I at one point, Missus Garrett sort of something like Bull feathers, or <laughs> I she said something like that, like uh, something very. I mean. We get so many "I'm sorry"s. We we get so much um, of of Missus Garrett's Appleton, Wisconsin roots, and mm-hmm. Charlotte Ray's yes. Milwaukee, Wisconsin roots. Mm-hmm. But there's so many that so there's just such a a Midwesternness about like like your mother from Cincinnati. That's Is that right. where your mother was raised?
1: Absol- um, Western
0: Ohio, Western Ohio. Here and there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not eastern Ohio. Those heathen scumbags. No, West Ohio. West Ohio. They we don't say, go over there. They say darn over there. We don't Yeah, we don't go over That's there. That's crazy talk. That's crazy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> West Ohio. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but they come in and they're like, "Oh my god, what's happened? She's dying. She's having a attack. She's having a stroke." Now, uh it turns out she sent in her car payment but somehow didn't post to her account. And uh, she is this upset over a simple clerical error where her bank didn't register what was to be her final car payment. Right. And uh, well, she so, had
1: expected to get her owner's certificate.
0: Yeah. And Which, instead, yeah, some she kind of a delinquent notice A notice that was something. delinquent. So she was mad and upset. So to try and de-stress her, uh, Blair... Insists on taking her car keys and driving Mrs. Garrett's car to the bank and going and doing the confronting of the bank because Mrs. Garrett's like, Oh, these computers can drive you crazy. And oh, <laughs> I'm just oh, I'm so there's a lot of gesticulating, yeah. There's this. a lot of fists <laughs> and, fists and punching. yeah. Yes, so the broadness has begun and it will not yes. stop for the rest of the episode, yeah. And um. Two things. Number one is, did you notice what was her key ring? No. Her key ring was the big round ring that could go around your wrist like a bracelet. Oh. That was a fairly new thing in the early 80s. And my mother had one of those. So when my mother was pushing her shopping cart around, I can think of several times other people passed her by and said, oh, what a great idea. Oh my gosh, you don't lose your keys like that right. I know because think of it, it particularly of. for for women it's just getting lost in their purse right right and and a dig for it and, uh, yeah or they, you lose it yeah and uh, oh my god it made me think of that what is that commercial there was a commercial for one of those purses with the multiple um they had like
1: all I can think of is trapper keeper
0: trapper. <laughs> <laughs> No, this was an actual pocketbook, and it was like a woman okay. with, the, with the kind of 70s hairdo saying, look at this. There's a place for everything. There's a coupon storage area, a place for photographs. Your keys snap right in here. And then, like, here's where your glasses go. And the glasses had their own case, but then they had a slot within the purse. It was just mm-hmm. like a super crazy organized purse mm-hmm. to combat The common problem of women just having piles of shit. Where's my stuff? That they had to dump out. And and I remember, and it comes in a variety of colors. Tan, brown, black, or bone. I remember that (laughs) so i got to find this commercial and post it now. Oh, my goodness. But um, that was the one thing. The second thing one might notice if you're watching this is we used multiple takes from multiple performances here. Because the back of Mrs. Garrett's hair, she was so upset, some of her hair started coming loose. So when she goes over to the closet to get her keys, Mm. you see there's a piece of hair hanging. Then Blair says to her, no, no, no. I'm going to take care of it. You sit down. When she sits Mrs. Garrett down, her hair is back in place. But then in a later moment, after she sits down, you see the piece hanging. Mm. So they were... So they've cut this together. They were intercutting between the the rehearsal taping and the audience taping. So just FYI. You have an eagle eye. <sighs> useless. You, useless. You amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I miss, you miss res- nothing You miss nothing. Other than Mrs. Garrett was a registered Mrs. nurse. Was a registered nurse, yeah. Holy crap. I got to go back and record That's that whole history. show. history. My God. Uh, so it ends with the girls just saying, Mrs. Garrett, come on, relax, stop. And... Uh, And she does say, now how to solve the Mr. Parker problem. And they're like, yeah, it's so pushy of him. You know, take a walk. Smell the flowers. Think happy thoughts. Have a nice day. And then Blair buttons it with, today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I love this punchline. Is it me or have you all become bumper stickers?
1: Yep. I wrote down bumper stickers. Yeah, so love that's a that. great joke. Yeah.
0: So, and then this scene also ends with a long, awkward pause. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? With mm-hmm. them just sitting there. It's like, well, we're here to help you out if you need us. Pause. 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 Dissolved to cafeteria. Holy Multiple shit! pauses in this thing, yeah. Oh, my God. So now we're in the cafeteria. Tootie and Natalie are just now coming down from the room, passing through... And we run into Mr. Parker. So Mr. Parker's here for this episode. We haven't seen him in a while. It's been a few episodes. We, I was thinking we hadn't seen him since Read No Evil, which was the season finale of season three right? with the books being banned. Mm-hmm. But he has been—we've had him three times this season so far. We had The Source, which was the one about the abortion. Right. We had— Sort of. Uh, sort of, but not really. Um, we had The Oldest Living Graduate— with the old lady.
1: Oh, right.
0: He was in that one, too. Oh, and that's it. Then there's this one, Under Pressure. That's it. And that's at the end of the line for him? Yeah, and here's the thing. This is the last time we're going to see him oh. in this season. Like, he's not here at all. He's not even there, a guest for graduation, which is so weird. But according to IMDb, we don't see him again until Brave New World, parts one and two, which is the... Basically, the Edna's Edibles pilots at the beginning of season five. But we do see him then. Two—that's a two-parter. A two-parter. And then uh, one more episode that same that fall. So yeah, this is this is eighty-three. This is his last year. He was only on ten episodes total, starting at season two. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yeah. But they peppered—it's kind of like Uncle Arthur. They peppered him enough throughout that he seems ubiquitous. Yeah. But he's not. Yeah. My voice is leaving me, so I'm going to start uh, sucking on a lozenge. So forgive me for the <laughs> new slobbery, there we go. slobbery sound you're going to get. But I just need to produce some saliva here. So one of those moments, Mr. Parker comes in, where's Mrs. Garrett? Tootie and Natalie are like, she's up in her room. and He's like, oh, okay. And starts heading there. And you want to be like, no, it's her bedroom. When the old lady from right. the oldest living graduate was taking a nap he's going, it's like, why are you upstairs? Those are bedrooms. And women live there. So inappropriate. They are clearly free to go where they will, these Mm. headmasters. I'm telling you. They all have been like that. Yep. The long and short of it is, Tootie and Natalie convince him to take on planning his wife's party himself. So he agrees to do it because, you know, when you're a headmaster and two high school girls suggest something in your personal life be handled differently, You listen, I know I would. Well, you would. Mm -hmm. And he sort of unapologetically says he always takes full
1: credit for it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so we weren't sure if you were an asshole before. (laughs) Well, you know, these are the innocent lies that keep a marriage together. Ah,
0: he does. He does say that, yes. So then Mrs. Garrett comes in. And we have one of those comedic buildups too. I'd like to talk to you. I know. It's that time of year. I know. So I have to do another celebration for my wife. I know. And I'm going to do it myself. I know. What? She's like, weren't you happy with what I did last year and the year before? And he's like, well, I appreciated the help. Absolutely. It was all wonderful. I'm just going to try it on my own this year. Mm. And he leaves. So then Joe comes in. And uh, at this point, Tootie and Natalie are gone. They've left. Mm. So then Joe comes in and she's like, what's the matter? And she's like, he turned me down about the party. He's going to do it himself. And now Mrs. Garrett goes postal here. She goes like, yeah, she's like, there's somebody else. He dropped me like a hot potato. And really, over the top, something's wrong and I'm going to find out the truth! Big punch. And punch in the air! (laughs) And then off she goes. Okay. It's a party and you didn't want to do it. anyway. Mm. Then in comes Blair. Blair looks kind of stunned. Well, guess what? While she was at the... Uh, at the bank, Mrs. Garrett's car got stolen. She did pay the bill, however. Yeah, she got the matter straightened up. Right. Straightened out. So she's like, "Yeah, well, when she gets the title to her car, that's all she's going to have." That's all she's got. So we have another awkward, long pause of Blair and Joe just staring off out towards the audience, and this slow pause. And then finally, they do kick in the clap track, don't they? Yeah. Because it's like, Mrs. Yeah. Garrett's car's been stolen. Lynn. Yeah. Because that's something you Well done, Flair. Yeah. And then we go to the commercial. So while we're at commercial, there is something. We talked a little bit about your job and your career before. You are a doctor of chemistry. You teach at, uh, you are the, oh, help me again, Not academic team. You're a president. You're I'm a an associate vice president. Associate vice president of?
1: Arts and Sciences. Arts and
0: Sciences. Correct. Uh, Seminole State College. Seminole State College. So, talk to me more. I meant to last time you were here talk more about your specific involvement with the arts programs and what you actually do as far as you do. You have some supervisory overseeing of like the music and the dance and the theater departments?
1: Right. Like all of the traditional um, arts and sciences departments fall under me. That includes arts and communication, which is where fine arts, uh, music, theater uh-huh. all fall under one is one of my departments. So, uh-huh. Right. So um, so, you know, whatever goes on in there, I really support them like they come to me when they need things. And they really appreciate that I have some knowledge of... That you're actually a performer. I know what they're asking me for.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, this chemistry professor. Right. We got a fucking calculator we got to deal with now. (laughs) I I could just imagine them going... This is not going to go well. What? (laughs) (laughs) Look on his Facebook. He's in drag. Holy crap. (laughs) So do you... uh, So like if they have to come up with the season for the... Theater department does that have to go through you? Do you have to like approve the shows they do? Um, it I wouldn't say that I
1: approve the shows that they mm-hmm. do, but they do talk to me and I talk to them about what their thoughts are oh, okay. on the season and what they're going to be doing and and you know, so wow. they do great work, but yeah, that all kind of falls under under me.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. What an interesting, we, we talked about your involvement as a performer, like with Central Florida Community Arts. Right. And, and as a singer and as sometimes actor and uh, a musician and all that stuff. But I realized we didn't really talk about the fact that you you are also connected in the theatrical arts in a higher mm-hmm. up capacity. Okay, but we need to get back to this show because we, we do not know now what is going to happen between Blair and Joe. So when we come back from commercial, we come back exactly where we left off where Joe was like, how could it be stolen? What did you didn't leave the keys in it? And basically, Blair says she thinks she left the keys in the door. In the door. And so Mrs. Garrett's going to explode. Um, So then Mrs. Garrett comes in. And uh, she's like, how did it go? And Blair's like, you're going to get your certificate of ownership. I got that part squared away. And uh, she... And Joe says, what happened with Mr. Parker? And she says, he went into a meeting. I couldn't catch him. And it looked like that caterer from Poughkeepsie. And so she starts laughing into crying. She's like, it's going to be fine. It's OK. And it's just like, it is so over the top. So. So not. It's like trying to reconcile this with the sensible Mrs. Garrett who gives such good advice. Right. Being reduced to this excessively emotional clown, and agreed. I mean, she she's so sensible all the time. Mm -hmm. She says, "Well, Blair, do me a favor, put the keys in my room because I need to go out later." Pause one moment. That's what point in the show, and I went, "Doesn't Blair have a fucking car? How is Blair so rich? Why why doesn't Blair have like a?" A gold-plated Trans Am of her own at her disposal. How, do, how does that not—she's old enough to drive. She's well, she 18. She could call a driver if she wanted to.
1: Well, one of the See, earlier comments was, you know, those Warners, money is the name. Greed yeah. is their game. I mean,
0: yeah, has yeah. <laughs> got so money. It's like So why wouldn't a, a high school girl who doesn't live at home in, you know— but incredibly wealthy but exactly so that kind of was like, like why what? does she need to take her car yeah we don't really yeah uh, we, we don't really ever answer that question I can't remember where down the road she'll have a car I'm sure when she's in college I just don't remember
1: it's not they wrecked that van they're not gonna trust them with anything
0: No, oh, that's right maybe they've got their licenses revoked who knows oh. years worth of that could be could I hadn't be. thought of that hmm. well now we're starting to get into really the sweaty mechanics of the farce Mm -hmm. where Mrs. Garrett's like well I need my car to go into town later because I need my electric typewriter repaired you know the electric typewriter that is so important to me that I use never and Joe quickly has to cover and say maybe I can fix it I fix motorcycles maybe I can fix it and she's like well if you could that'd be a big help and then before she leaves the room Mrs. Garrett turns back you girls really are terrific and then she exits. And it's just like, oh, dear. So we do know that Blair reported the stolen vehicle to the police, hoping they'll find it fast. That might be what saves them. And Joe hoping it isn't stripped or in multiple locations. So then Tootie and Natalie come in and say, hey, guess what? We can miss Mr. Parker to do his own party. And they're like, yeah, well, Mrs. Garrett is upset now because she thinks he's going with another caterer. And Natalie has the best line here. <sighs> keeping her stress levels down is keeping mine up. And it's true. It's true. It's so true. And finally, Blair says, well, I mean, there's no question. We're just going to have to tell them. Long pause. Long pause. Slow dissolve. It's the most. Oh, my God. I wrote awkward cut yet again.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> It seems like, and maybe this is typical of a lot of the sitcoms. Then, but it's like there's just a lot of sloppiness to it. It's to when I'm watching it. It's interesting watching these so regularly now. Yeah, things I've never seen a lot of these actually. Uh huh. And um, just kind of, I don't know. It's just sort of sloppy a little. Uh.
0: Uh, yeah this this one in particular because they're they're working awfully hard to set up these yeah. confusions and yeah. um misunderstandings so in the next scene we're in the kitchen and they're working they're working a bit there's actual food there and everything mrs garrett comes down and says where's blair the car keys aren't in my room well i need those keys i gotta go into town and she has a um i need to go downtown and i need those keys it's a really extended keys. It's really bad. <laughs> well, the girls are like, well, Blair is, uh, we don't know. Finally, the person who we are slowly learning is the real dishonest lying liar of the bunch, Natalie. Natalie's the one who has, who has regularly and consistently yep. proven to be of questionable morality. Natalie's the one who comes up with the lie that Blair is having the car painted. Painted. And it Mm. would break her heart if you ruin the surprise. So Mrs. Garrett suddenly, first Mrs. Garrett does say, that is the craziest thing I've ever, what? Why? At least we get that realistic response. Right. But then it's like, okay, I guess, fine. And then Mrs. Garrett's like, do you know what color she's doing it? I hope she remembers. I just love blue. Oh. And I'm just going to point out, if this car is the same car she had in the Academy when she went to the Academy with Jimmy Bayo,
1: mm-hmm.
0: brought the girls in there, uh, we do learn later. But I'm just saying at this stage of watching, my brain went, she was driving a Volkswagen Beetle. And I'm pretty sure it was light blue. But her car is already oh. light blue. We will continue this discussion in a minute. We'll check. Then she walks into the cafeteria and in comes Blair. And now we have this cute little scene where Blair is like, I can't keep this from you anymore. I have to tell you, your car was stolen. And Mrs. Garrett, thinking that Blair is putting up a ruse, when Blair is starting it out, Mrs. Garrett, the batting of the eyes. Mrs. Garrett, I've got to tell you something about your car. Oh, really? So many eyes batting. Can can you hear my eyes batting? Eyes batting. I'm batting my eyes. I'll do it too. We're both batting our eyes. Yes. Can you hear that? Yeah. Uh, We could feel the breeze from here. Okay. (laughs) And finally, she says, and this is another moment I just love because it's like, really? She says, don't sweat it. These things happen. Hey, there's more important things in life than a used Volkswagen. Yes. So, number one, she has verified it is her Volkswagen. Right. But she pronounces it Volks- Sch- Volkswagen, And it's like, that's in no context do you, that's, that is a mispronunciation. Right. It is Volkswagen. And, and in German, I am told that the V is pronounced more like an F. For, mm. So Volks. that's, so it's a Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Is how you say it in German. Mm-hmm. There no, in no place in Scandinavia, Germany, or Western Europe <laughs> do they say Volkswagen. Maybe that's the way they see it, it say it. You know, maybe in Appleton, Wisconsin. In Appleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> there you go. So, anyhow, she says it's fine. <laughs> Blue skies smiling at, at me. me. Yeah. And she exits singing Blue Skies to Big Blair think about the color blue. But doesn't she poke her head back in? She just sort of stops and does like a little, almost a little sexy look back <laughs> over the shoulder, which is creepy. But of course she sings Blue Skies, the song that was composed for the 1926 musical Betsy. Which was actually a Rodgers and Hart musical, but at the last minute they had to add some other songs. And Blue Skies is Irving Berlin. Hmm. The show only ran 39 performances. How well known is the show? Well, Betsy, as a Broadway musical, does not have a Wikipedia page. And pretty much many, many obscure old turn-of-the-century Broadway musicals. Or or 1926 isn't that. I mean, Cole Porter was writing shows in twenty-six. Are you going to fix that? So it's (laughs) going to make it up. (laughs) Betsy. It's a musical about a former theater critic for the Orlando Sentinel. (laughs) We're talking about Betsy Maupin, of course. Hello. Our uh, beloved former uh, theater critic. So Blair is very, very confused by Mrs. Garrett's response. So confused that we have to have a minute and a half of her standing there looking confused (laughs) before we have Awkward Dissolve number four, I believe. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So then we're now in the cafeteria, same day, Mrs. Garrett in the same clothes, laying out the tablecloths. That's where she's singing, am I blue, in her beautiful, warbly soprano. There's am I blue. Yep. In comes a cop, Officer Franklin, played by actor Johnny Hamer, who is one of those character actors that has a fuck ton of credits. You don't Mm -hmm. know who that, you're like, I've seen him in a million things. Mm -hmm. Name one. No. Can't do it. Can't do it. And uh, but he actually transitioned in this in the '70s into a lot of voiceover and cartoon work, so a lot of his credits are in the '70s and '80s, and his series work is on uh, various cartoons. So good for him. That's like the best. Mm. Kinda... Any voices that we know? I don't believe. Though. Oh, he was on twenty. He was on twenty episodes of MASH as Sergeant Zelmo Zale. So twenty episodes of that's... MASH. That's I mean, for an 11 year yeah. He was mostly additional voices. Oh, he was on Madam's Place as Walter Pinkerton. I don't know who that character was, Madam's no, Place. do Madam. I don't, but oh, is that Waylon Flowers and I wasn't Madam? Whalen and Madam, yes. Yes. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks I don't know what voice it, again he's just voices this is it's so funny that in the 80s it was just voices and you got a big old dump of names mm. they didn't credit voice actors with their specific things but it, it looks like he was an Alvin and the Chipmunks Transformers uh, and his last acting credit then. yeah his last acting credit was Life Goes On a, in 1989 and I think he died that same year yeah, yes, he did. He died in 1989. But uh, probably his best-known thing would have been that mash. Between 20 episodes of mash, that's that's twice as many as Mr. Parker did of the Facts of Life. Absolutely. So in typical cop fashion, I'm here to talk to someone about the stolen car. And he says, are you Are you the one who had the car stolen? And Mrs. Garrett says, no. And he says, oh, uh, I'm looking for Edna Garrett. She's like, well, that's me, but my car wasn't stolen. And he says... 75 Volkswagen convertible, yellow. And I'm like, wait a goddamn minute here. (laughs) No, time out, time out. So I went and did a screen grab of, of her Volkswagen from the Academy. Now it is nighttime lit. But I believe, to me, that looks like the light blue color. That looks blue to me. The common light blue color that you associate with the mm-hmm. things. My grandmother actually had that same car uh, many, many years ago. The only thing I will, like, the only thing that I might let slide is it could be white and just all the evening lighting, which is blue, is making the white look blue. Could be white. Could be white. Stretched. could be blue. It is it not yellow. yellow. Not yellow. And it ain't a convertible. So it's like, so did she get a new car since... Season three, episode twenty-three. I think it yeah, was. That was right near the end. I mean, mm. I, I find it hard to believe that she would have gotten a new, and she couldn't have been making her last payment on it now, right? And and it was a, a seven, It was a seventy-five. This is nineteen eighty-three. Yeah. That's an yeah. old-ass car. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is another one of those where oh, facts of
1: life.
0: Nobody's looking. Yeah. We can change the car from uh, (laughs) episode from week to week, yes. So in typical style, the car was found. So he apparently has brought it to her and gives her the keys and asks her to sign for it. Doesn't have to come to the station. Oh, no. Doesn't have to fill it out. Doesn't have to drop it on by. Go to an impoundment lot or something like that where they would keep evidence or... (sighs) Anyway, finally, the cop is gone. She's got her keys. She's got her car back. Uh, the radio is missing, that it, there, there was some crime committed. And then she looks at the girls and it's like, uh, I need to talk to you. And Blair and Tootie and Natalie, and Natalie has another genius moment where Natalie just sort of says, before we unnecessarily make total fools of ourselves, <laughs> is it safe to assume that you know your car is not being painted? and she's like yes and it's just beautifully and honestly you appreciate that in an episode where there's all this double talk mm-hmm. and lies and uh, well, I'm telling you the truth but now I don't believe you stuff yeah she's got two in a row right here too which there's a second oh, the, oh my god it crushes and she says to me Blair, why didn't you tell me the truth? And Blair says, I did try to tell you, and you wouldn't believe me. And she's like, well, because I believe them. And Blair said something like, well, they were lying. And then Blair says, Mrs. Garrett, I'll buy you a new car. And she says, I don't want a new car. I want honesty and maturity. And what does Natalie say? Be smart. Take the car.
1: <laughs>
0: so good. And I'm sorry. Sorry. There's a little bit of that Jewish thing oh, that I yeah. I constantly am pointing out that they're doing that thing and it's like you're off at a free car you don't turn down oh, a free God, car what do you take the what, car what are you crazy how many miles are on it you know <laughs> I I'm sorry there's this the subtle thing of because and, and as i've said it's because she's so good at it she's so, so good. good at delivering that sort of delivered. borscht belt cat skillsy mm-hmm. type of humor she's great at it and it makes me happy make no mistake i'm not criticizing it i'm just saying it's a beautiful thing by the by, in case you didn't notice so mrs garrett's like well why did you lie and she's getting upset and they're finally they're like your blood pressure and she's like oh for fuck's sake I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm sorry I ever told you. And we're like, yeah, so yeah. are we. Um, and then Tootie and Natalie say, well, we, we're, we didn't want you to stress out. That's why we talked to Mr. Parker in Handling the Party. And Mrs. Garrett says, oh, and here I've been going crazy, thinking I did something wrong. Another extended Edna line. And she's like, I hear I thought that I had done something wrong. And then we finally get the lesson. Girls, no matter what you do, you can't eliminate stress in your life. But you know what I'm learning? The best you can do is learn how to deal with it. Wonderful words. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. Mm -hmm. And then... Thankfully, the typewriter, which was brought up earlier, we do get the checkoff payoff of that where Joe comes in. Hey, Mrs. G, I fixed your typewriter. And she says, oh, good. Sometimes things do work out. (laughs) And they plug in the typewriter. And she goes to type away. And the lights go out. Long Long pause. Long long fade. (laughs) And finally, the credits roll where you're like, As they stand in the dark. They stand in the dark, (laughs) confused. Oh, Lord of Goshen, what a... This was... Yeah, you're right. Wacky, was that the word you used? was a
1: silly one, wacky one. Silly, yeah. Well,
0: you are right. There's, There's a little more silly, a little more wacky. I mean, interesting that they were able to sneak in that lesson at the end. Right, because I wasn't so sure that we would have gotten there, but yeah. good, good on them that they were able to get there. Squeeze one in there, <laughs> very late <laughs> right. in the game. Right, but uh, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, it's got a lot of laughs. It's just structurally and character-wise, it's got Mrs. Garrett being pulled in so many different directions and having to play so many disparate levels that don't seem to tie her together mm. into a real human being. You yeah. know, it's she
1: really is it's all over the place in this.
0: Yeah, very cartoonish. All right, before I send you on your way, my dear, you know, last thing commercial from our childhood go. I gave you mine before with that, uh, that handbag. Oh, the handbag. Yeah. yeah.
1: We were obsessed, all my friends and I were obsessed with any of the Tyco race set. Oh, with like the moldable tracks? The moldable tracks, anything <sighs> with a loop the loop in it. And then they came up with the one that would jump. Oh. Off. There was like a cliff it would jump over. Yeah. We love, we live for those. Okay. The loop the loop over these things. There was a jump across the cliff. And then they had ones that didn't have
0: the actual um,
1: groove in it. Mm-hmm. And so they could switch lanes.
0: I remember those. Um, that, that was, was magic.
1: Oh, my God. We live wow. for
0: that. Tyco Garc. I've got to dig some of those up. I will admit I didn't take as much interest in those mm-hmm. just because I, I was more into Barbies and <laughs> I I was what, live your truth. What what you would call a homosexual. <laughs> Not that you weren't, but I was probably a bigger I, queen than you well, when I was
1: a kid. I enjoyed those Tycho commercials, yeah. Because I
0: wanted every one of those sets.
1: Oh yeah, if I could have had them. I would have.
0: Yeah, I I did want them, and I did get them around Christmas. I think I did ask for them. Like they were cool enough that I wanted. And again, it had it had to do with constructing something. There was mm-hmm. a construction element of it that mm-hmm. I absolutely was was into. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know I had one of the sets, but um, I know I was bigger into the Legos, and. Um, And if I could have had my own set of Barbies and clothes, I would have. I had to get by with some Ken dolls and Mm -hmm. GI Joes and Mm -hmm. leave it at that. Action figures. Yeah. Well, Steve, we're at the end. We are of another episode, and we're we are careening toward the end of the Eastland years. Eastland years are almost over. We're in the teens now. We're already into this. Is fourteen. We only have 10 episodes left mm. before we leave Eastland, never to return. So thank you so much for making the time for coming to be here to do this again and for, for wanting to do this. And, and thank you for reminding me that you wanted to get in before mm. the end of the Eastland years because that is important. Absolutely. That is important. My
1: pleasure. Yes. I wanted to try to get in if I could. Mm-hmm. So Matthew appreciate that very much. and
0: Paul, it is important. Mm-hmm. So this do, is the real show. That's right. <laughs> yeah, our show is going to end, end in ten episodes. <laughs> I don't know what shit is coming down Whatever the line. Whatever it but, is. Yes. So uh, as I say, always do come back. This is not the last time you'll be here. Uh, uh, hopefully, we'll have okay. you back soon. Appreciate and that. And thank you. Smooches and goodbye. Thank you, David. Goodbye. And there you have it. That was Dr. Steve Summers. I thank him so much for reminding me that Mrs. Garrett is a registered nurse and that we forgot that a couple of weeks back when she needed to care for her elderly boyfriend Henry in September Song a few weeks ago. Uh, One thing I meant to point out, and I forgot, is that talking about blood pressure, Charlotte Ray did have a pacemaker. In her memoir, she wrote about the fact that she was having trouble with her heart. And when she went to the doctor, they said, you, we need to put in a pacemaker. Your heart needs some help. And that was after season two, where she slimmed down and really got onto a healthy program of activity and eating better. And she was really disappointed. She was like, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. And now I need a pacemaker. So, uh Yeah. That's a thing. I don't know if that might have informed this show to some tiny extent as far as subject matter to give a plot line for Mrs. Garrett to be a stronger part of. Also, this show had so many awkward long pauses. I'm putting this, this is like a call to arms. Is there anybody out there who has a lot of time on their hands? You know those YouTube compilations that you see that people put together and you're like, that is amazing. I am so happy this exists. I don't know who the hell has got the free time on their hands to go through and assemble this stuff. Well, I would love to see somebody go through the facts of life and just take those shots of the long, awkward pauses and then edit them all together into this one long, silent video that essentially is just shot after shot of them standing there. I think that would be fucking hilarious. So if anybody knows anybody who's willing to do that, I promise you I will pay you $0.0 for your time. Next thing that I want to uh, append is the handbag. I couldn't think of the name of the handbag, the ambassador handbag. That's the super organized handbag with all the snaps for the car keys in uh in from the 1970s and i uh oh my god i found the video and i posted it and i fucking love it and then there's also a spoof of it that i added which is also just hilarious and the last thing we were talking about mrs garrett saying shoot and my theory that when you're saying shoot you just want to say shit i forgot there's a george carlin routine about this And (laughs) the punchline to the whole bit. And uh, I'm going to leave you on this note right here. In the words of George Carlin, shoot is just shit with two O's. Next week, I'm going to be watching season four, episode 15, Teacher's Pet. And my guest is going to be another returnee, Justin Schneier. So hope you tune on in. And as always, thank you for listening. And remember, the facts of life are all about you. Let's Face the Facts was produced, written, hosted, and edited by me, David Almeida. My theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Our website is facethefactspod.com. You have to drop the let's. And that's where you can find extra pictures, video, and audio extras from the digital cutting room floor. Follow the show on social media. We're everywhere under the handle FacetheFactsPod. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash pod. And don't forget, go to your favorite podcatchers and subscribe, rate, and review. Tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.